like he's had like a stomach bug. You know, those are brutal. And uh, he was pretty sick Friday, and then yesterday he felt a little bit better, and then this morning he's like, I can't, I can't leave the house. So um, it's going to be an interesting experience this morning because you're going to hear the sermon the first time I do. So <laughs> um, we'll see. Um, you know, I, normally when I get up here, I, I, I have prepared and written things out and, you know, preached through it two, three, four times. So uh, this one has probably about 30 minutes of prep time. So um, we're really going to lean on the Holy Spirit this morning. And, uh, but you know what? He is, he, God is bigger than I am. So um, he, I told Billy, he, he knew today was going to happen before any of us did. So while I may not think I'm prepared, he I, I trust and believe that he was preparing me. So, um, Pastor Mike has been doing this series um, called You Belong, and, um, well, I guess he did one week, and then I preached on uh, Naaman last week, and he was going to be uh, preaching on that today, but uh, when this sort of thing happens, you just say, okay, God, what do you, what do you want me to talk about? So, naturally, as, as the worship guy, I look at the songs, and I think, make room. That's the one right there, make room. So that's the title of the sermon today, Make Room. Uh, you, you guys busy? Some of you are like, no. And then some of you, like me, who have four kids, are like, busy doesn't even begin to describe it. Um, we have our, our, our boys have been playing football, and so Tripp is an eighth grader at Bonham, and so he has games every Tuesday at 4 o'clock usually. And then Jackson has been playing in this uh, NFL West Texas flag football league. And his games have been on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. And, and it's, it's been a fun league, and they, they play um, in Canyon. But um, because the games aren't on the weekends, it does make it a little bit interesting because from week to week, one week it may be on Monday, and the next week it's on Wednesday. And it and it's just so happened, it, it made us miss Wednesday night, our group, for four straight weeks. And And I'm not a big fan of that, but at the same time, you don't want your kid to think that, you know, everything is more impor- important than them, and church is important, and we need to be here at church, but uh, we want to support him too, so it's kind, of a, it's kind of a weird place to be in, and then Sawyer was doing ballet on Wednesdays until 5.30, so it, it has been absolutely crazy. We're never home. Um, when we are home, we're asleep, and um, it, it's hard to fit just stuff in, and I know some of you out there are like, I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. Christy, Peterson, her and Wade got home at like 1.45 last night because they went to watch Braden play baseball in Colorado. Um, we have busy lives, and a lot of it is self-inflicted, right? I mean, we, we just fill it up with stuff, and then when we're done, we say, okay, I think we can make it to church Sunday. I think we can do it. And, and we don't mean to, but we leave very little room for God. And just like that song says, I will make room for you. We need to make that a priority. So I want to look at a scripture um, in the book of Second Kings, which just ironically happened to be where I was last week when we talked about um, Naaman. But this is a this is a chapter, um, I believe, before the story of Naaman. But it is about Elisha. And you may remember last week when we talked about uh, Naaman, is that Naaman had leprosy, and um, he went, and the king said, you know, I what do you think I am? I'm, I'm not a miracle worker. I can't do anything. And Elisha heard about it. And Elisha told him to go down to the Jordan and dip himself in the water seven times and, and he would be healed. And we talked about how the miracle was not about him not having leprosy anymore. The miracle was that Naaman turned to God and his life had been changed. So we're a chapter before that. 
And this is about Elisha and uh, him coming to an area called Shunem. So 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. One day Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it, put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. So obviously Elisha is not God, but Elisha was a prophet of God. And whenever he would go and come to Shunem, this woman, a well-to-do woman, so I imagine she was someone She was someone that the people knew, probably had money. She was a notable person. She made a place for Elisha to come and be able to stay and rest and eat and all those things anytime he came through. And we need to do that. Not for Elisha, obviously, but we need to make room for God. And that sounds easy, right? You're like, no, I know, I know. You come to church, you know, once or twice a month. And, um, you know, I listen to worship music on the radio and, Um, You know, I pray uh, most days unless I'm really tired, but we need to make room for God. I I would ask you all to stop with the areas that we're always concerned with and begin to make room for God. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to walk through the door of our home, our job, our school, wherever that is, and let him do what he wants to. Now, there's a couple things about God, and we know this. Number one, God operates in new things. He, he's creative, right? I mean, just look at the world. Look at creation. I mean, maybe don't look in Amarillo because it's pretty eh. But if you go elsewhere, you can see it's, you know, God is creative. Um, and I think he was about done when he got here. So he like, got to Paladera Canyon. He was like, you know, I think we're good. I think we're good. Um, but our God is a creative God. He's always looking to do new things. Second, the Lord knows what he's doing. And and we think we do, but the Lord always knows what he's doing. And then God wants you to make a place for him. You're going to hear me say that a whole lot today about making room. He wants you to make a place for him in your home, in your marriage, in your relationship with your kids, with your parents, in your job, in your finances. There There is not one area of your life that God doesn't want at least a little bit of. He wants to be a part. But here's the thing. God won't force himself on you. He won't. God allows us to to choose, right? Just like I talked about last week, the rich young ruler came to Jesus. How do do I do this? What do I do? And Jesus says, well, sell everything you have. Come follow me. And he leaves and he says, yeah, I'm not going to do that. God won't force himself on us. We have to invite him. So we see in this story, in 2 Kings, that the Shunammite woman made preparation. That's what we have to do. We have to, we have to be prepared. We have to make preparation. I'm not even sure make preparation makes sense, but when you're throwing this stuff together, you just never know what's going to come out. Um, God wants to new, renew your life in ways that, that you can't even imagine. Like you think it's in this area, and then all of a sudden you realize what God did over here, and that's actually what he wanted to do the whole time. Well, we have to be prepared. We have to be always expecting God to move. In 2 Kings, that, that last verse I read in verse 10 tells us about the Shunammite woman. 
she's, she was telling her husband, she said, let's make a small room for him on the roof. I mean, it was somewhere, right? On the roof, and let's put in a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. He wasn't there all the time, but they were prepared and always ready for Elisha to show up. And that's what we need to do. We need to carve out this niche somewhere for God to have a place in our lives. Now, for a second, I want to talk to moms and dads of kids who are under 18. So um, if, if that does not qualify to you, some of this, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, so just pray for us because Lord knows we need it. Um, moms, I don't know what it is about you and that God put this in you, but you have this like weird obsession with always moving furniture. <laughs> I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. You, you could put like a lawn chair in front of the TV and I'd be fine. But you want to move furniture or in, in, in the case of my house, oh, I said the other day, I want to paint our front door either royal blue or green. Okay. I said royal blue. It, uh, I don't know. It was sometime in the last year, she said, I'm going to paint our fireplace. It was the same color as the brick of our house. So it's kind of an orangey reddish brown color brick. And... Um, And, and she painted it black. And I, I was like, I don't know about this. I don't know. And then once it got done, I was like, oh, yeah, that does look nice. And then we have this piano in our living room. And it's, it's pretty old and, and brown. And she said, I'm gonna, I want to paint that white. I was like, you want to do what? So she painted it white. And guess what? It looks pretty cool. It really does. Um, but, like, us dads don't care about these things. We just make sure we have Wi-Fi and we can watch a football game. And we're happy. You know, feed us occasionally. And, and, and we're good. But, but the women of the house want to be moving things around or, or, or reorganizing. And, and, and I don't understand it. And the Shunammite woman did this. She got a room and she moved things around in her house. And she created a space for Elisha to have a place to stay say okay well who is Elisha well Elisha was a prophet like I said he was a man of God he was a modest man he was humble he loved and cared for the people that he came in contact with he made sacrifices he was hardworking. if we look back in first kings you can kind of see the story of where Elisha came to be what he was so uh, in in first kings 19 15 and 16 and then 19 through 21 it says, the Lord said to him, and this is the Lord speaking to Elijah, not Elisha, to Elijah. He said, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also, anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elijah. And this is really interesting, teenagers, son of Snapchat. I had no idea that was in there. Um, Sh Shaphat. I mean, really, we should bring some of these names back. Anybody, I know... Jericho's about to be a big brother. Maybe, maybe you guys, Britches, you might think about that. There's, there's some good names here. Um, son of uh, uh, Shaphat from Abel, Mahola, to succeed you as prophet. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. 
Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. So this is how Elisha became a prophet. He was sort of succeeding Elijah and Elijah went and got him. And he was busy. He was working. You know, he was mowing the yard. He was, he was taking care of, of the fields when this prophet comes to him. But Elisha wasn't too busy doing that stuff to make room for him. So this coming week, just you know, think, think in your head for a minute what, what you have coming up this week. I'd rather not because I'd just soon it stay Sunday because <laughs> we, we got a lot of things. We got a football game Monday night. We got a football game Tuesday afternoon. We may have one Wednesday, um, and then thank the Lord I'm going out of town on Thursday. So, um, But we have busy weeks, and, and, and maybe you have a week that looks like th- that too, and you're not quite sure how you're going to make uh, make it through. I want to challenge you to make room for God this week when he shows up. And he will. If you will make room, he will show up. You know, when I, when I was younger, I had a tendency to, to put things off. Um, I was, you know, like a champion procrastinator. And it would drive my mom crazy because I would have some big project in school that I had to do for a report. And I would literally wait until the night before and figure out how much... I had left to do and then just get up a little earlier the next morning to finish it. Now, I, I could have been more prepared and spent more time and probably made a better grade, but as a teenager, you don't always make the right decision. And it, it drove my mom nuts. You know, I was always, I'll do it later, I'll do it another time, I'm working on this right now. Well, guess what? I'm, I'm busier now today than I was then. I, I don't have the luxury to procrastinate anymore. You have to as best you can, get things done when you have time. You have to make room for everything. But more importantly, you have to make room for God. We need to have a nothing else mentality. And what do I mean by that? You know, we sing this worship song. Cody Carnes wrote it called Nothing Else. It's, I just want you and nothing else. Nothing else. I'm caught up in your presence. It's one of the most beautiful songs, I think, that are out there right now. And we sing those words, but I don't think we really and fully mean that. Because if we did just want him and nothing else, we wouldn't, we wouldn't clog up our lives with all the stuff that, that, that we do. And, and I know we can't just, you know, well, I, I just want God and nothing else, so I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to pay attention to my kids. I'm not, I'm did, okay, you're going a little far there, but we, we have to make room for him. And, and as, if he is there with just the smallest amount, that's enough. James 4.8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Again, he won't force himself. So if we just put forth a little effort, God sees it and he's like, okay, all right, I can do something with So what do we need to be? We need to be looking for God to move us. We need to be longing for his presence. However that looks for you. For some of you, maybe that's worship. We have worship night coming up, and maybe that's something that recharges you. For some of you, maybe it's that quiet time in the morning with your coffee and your Bible, just sitting in the quiet. 
But we need to be looking for God to move in us and longing for his presence. And we need to be ready to invite him in. And you might say, I don't know that I can. You know, kind of, I kind of mentioned this last week. Maybe you're in a place where, where, where you look at your life and maybe the, the hand that you've been dealt and you say, I don't, I don't see God on any of this. I, I, I don't see him. If you will make room for God in your life, he will show up. doesn't mean that he's going to fix everything the way that you want it fixed. But our God is sovereign and he has a will. And we have to trust in that will. And sometimes that will may look like something that we don't like or maybe it hurts. But God has a plan. You say, I, I don't know if I have enough faith left. There's, there's so much stuff that has happened. So many bad things have happened. I've lost people. I've, you know, I, I lost this job. Or, you know, well, you, you don't know what I'm going through because, you know, I have a teenager and they did this or you know, my, me and my, my parents, we're, we don't have a good relationship. You just need a little bit of faith. Because God can do a lot with a little. And we see that in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. And he replied, because you have, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you. If you has, have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. Nothing. Nothing is a big word. Nothing will be impossible for you. So I want to challenge all of us, and this is for me too, to make room for God. To make room for faith in our lives. Maybe you're sitting out there today and you haven't even started that journey yet. So this whole concept of make room um, for God has to start with having God come into your heart and being your savior and leading you. That's the first step. And maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, but you've just kind of chosen not to follow anymore and you haven't made room for him. So he hasn't really been doing anything in your life. You have to sacrifice some things. We talked about this last week with Naaman. He sacrificed everything he had and went to another land. And then he laid down his pride and he acted in obedience to what Elisha told him to do. And then his miracle came. And remember, his miracle wasn't the physical thing that happened that he didn't have leprosy anymore. The miracle was that here's a man who was not Hebrew who came to God who began to follow God. He made room by sacrificing his pride and God did something amazing in his life. Can we find time to make room for God this week? I think we can if we're willing to do it. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what that looks like for me and for Amanda. But if you make just a little bit of room, I promise you God will do something big. God will do something amazing in your life. We're going to finish here in worship. And sometimes we just need to start at the foot of the cross and recognize what Jesus did for us. Jesus is, is the perfect picture of someone who has sacrificed everything for another. And we just need to praise his name.
Father, thank you. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to be in your house today. Thank you for challenging us to make more room for you. Father, I pray this morning that that we would we would mean those words when we say break down these walls, break down all the the tradition, the religion. Break all that down so that we can have a relationship with you. A personal relationship with you. Help us to sacrifice the things in our lives that don't need to be there. And Father, when we do that, we ask that you would show up in our life in a big way. Let us know you're here. Father, comfort those in this room today that need to be comforted. Love on those that need to be loved. Give peace to those who are in chaos. Let each person in this room know that they belong to you. In your precious and holy name we pray. Drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heaven's stone. Messiah still and all alone.
times after a service, you know, I felt the Lord calling me to come pray with somebody. We have people in the front, people at the back. I just wasn't sure about it. Today's the day. Make room just a little bit. Just a little bit. Faith as small as a mustard seed. Make room for him. Let's praise the name of the Lord our God. You guys sing it out. 